Podcast Revolution Network presents The Way with Noah. Welcome to part one of our Progressive Army Roundtable and a special edition of The Way with Manoa. Uh, chopping it up with members of the Progressive Army ahead of the presidential election, talking about everything from WikiLeaks to kind of where we see things going, our impressions of Tim Kaine, and the future for Progressive Army. Uh, hope you like this. This is part one. Peace. Um, I'm with Project Sanity. Uh, I'm a, I write for ProgressiveArmy.com. You can find me on Twitter as Pretty Bad Lefty. Hi, Jamie. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm an editor at ProgressiveArmy.com. Um, in my in my congressional district in Indiana, we're starting a Six for Progress. Um, this is separate from, you know, of course, Progressive Army, but um, I'm also working with a Six for Progress in Indiana, and we're trying to start a Progressive Caucus here in Indiana in my district. So that's pretty exciting. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I'm back, guys. Hi, my name is Andre. Um, I uh, live out here in Seattle. Uh, currently, just mainly work with uh, Nick Nolan, trying to do the takedown once a month, provide some uh, quality content, and uh, you can find me trying to help some people research, but uh, usually that's about it. Well, that's not just about it. Um, <laughs> you're pretty awesome in your own right, looking Booking folks and making connections, thank you so much, because if, if folks are listening and you saw the interview we had about secure scheduling um, with Working Washington, Andre's the man. He made that happen. Um, David. Hey, y'all. Uh, mostly uh, hear my name referenced when uh, you're watching The Way with Anoa or The Benjamin Dixon Show. I'm usually behind the scenes, but uh, sometimes I come on and uh, give a little bit of my own peace and views. I'm joining the call for that tonight. Glad to be a part of it. Thanks, guys. And someone else just joined us. For those who are just listening, if you well, you know, this is a podcast, this is an edition of The Way of Fanoa, and I am joined tonight by some very awesome people from the Progressive Army family, and we just had someone else join the room. Who just came in? That if it was a few minute moments ago, it may have been me when when Jamie was talking. Okay, okay, okay. Well, anyway, thank you guys so much. You know, it, it's been so crazy. I know we've all been together for varying amounts of time. David and I were just talking about it's been almost a year since David has been with Ben and Progressive Army. It's been about eight months for myself. Um, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild, but I'm so happy that we've all found each other. And that we're building out, you know, good content, trying to find time to work this all into our regular lives as well. But I really do feel like, you know, we've all come together and we're filling a niche, a void almost, um, in, 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 in the field of things that's been happening right now. So, of course, we're in the middle of this wild election cycle, just, you know, you know kind of like as, as it's winding down, we're only a few days out. Jay-Z and Beyonce are on the case, so, you know, we can all pack up and just go home. Um, <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts as we, as we go into these last few days um, of the election? Just, just this kind of, you know, uh, about the, 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 the chances of Hillary versus Donald or just where, wherever you are in the country, what's going on. Like, what are, what are some of just, just the things that just immediately come to mind for you um, with this election cycle? Maybe some of the things we've been through. I mean, because it's been a lot. Been a whole lot, and it, it, is, it is pretty wild. Well, I guess I'll start because I, I, I just want to start to say that from what I've read from Nate Silver, Donald Trump has about a thirty-five percent chance of winning now, uh, according to statistics. So, I don't know how true that is because I'm not a statistics person. And I mean, not I, I'm inclined to believe him, although he's been spotty this entire electoral cycle in terms of being kind of in the bag for Clinton, and you know manipulating, or not manipulating, misrepresenting the chances of 
Bernie Sanders to make Clinton seem more like a more viable choice and basically gaslighting the public. But he's been pretty good like in the past few weeks or so. So I, I'm inclined to believe that Donald Trump probably has about a 30% chance of being the president of the United States of America at this point. And I'm not scared. For me, it's more sad from my perspective. Like, I, like I'm mm-hmm. not really prone to emotion in the way a lot of people are. Like, I'm not, I, I'm not t- uh, tweeting in all caps. I'm not talking about the end of the world. I think that's just largely a political, a political mind game. But it's just, you know, it, it's sad to see what 30-plus years of neoliberalism has done to America and how much of a bubble most of us live in and up until a point where we, where we can all be surprised by something like this occurring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I guess I'll jump in. Um, I feel like, to Brandon's point where, as far as the end of the world rhetoric, it really, you can definitely see how that um, has an impact. So whether it be one of the candidates or their surrogates doing it, you can nearly immediately now, with social media's um, part in all of this, you can see its impact in how, you know, everyday citizens and, and just people trying to partake or trying to, you know, have a role in all of it, it almost immediately spreads and piggybacks onto whatever anyone else is saying. So as soon as someone, you know, comes out and says, I'm voting for this person, and I, I can, it, it can just be, you know, me or anybody else in Progressive Army or anyone else, you know, that, that has a much smaller voice, um, I, I think that people will, like, attack them. Anyone that's voting for Hillary, when, when they hear someone else saying they're not, they'll attack, you know, with, you know, Trump boogeyman this or Russia stuff that. And it, and it, it, it just becomes very apparent that, the buy-in to the fear tactics is is, is instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Well, I just wanted to jump in real quick and say that uh, hyper-locally, this uh, election has, uh, you know, artificially torn uh, my family apart because my wife's uh, for Hillary, and uh, I am uh, probably one of the most highly contested against Hillary, I feel like I may have some sort of problem of, uh, you know, not seeing the reality of the situation. But, uh, I don't know, I'm just happy that uh, this election cycle is almost over. And uh, my wife and I did mm-hmm. meet during the first two Obama administrations, and uh, that was easy voting for us in a, <laughs> a tumultuous uh, situation this election cycle. So. Happy to get it over with. And locally in Washington State, I guess the only really thing I'm watching is the uh, raise the minimum wage and uh, provide uh, workers with uh, sick pay is on an initiative. So it's polling good and should pass. So. But other than that, I'm just ready for it to get over with and move on. Yeah, this has definitely been one of the most um, outlandish elections I know that most people say it, 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 uh, it fills that void in their lifetimes. I've um, you know, since I've been of, of, of age to vote, as I've seen in general elections, I've probably I've only, uh, this will be my third. But, um, I mean, it definitely, just, just in terms of in modern history, it's definitely been the most outlandish, or at least among the most outlandish. Trump has definitely contributed to that, but I don't think that he's been the, the sole part of that, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, unfortunately, if, following, if, ele- if elections following this have at least competing um, traits, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, to to point off, I don't think that it's a, mis- it's, it's a matter of missing um, viewpoints. I have a lot of people that argue with me, you know, when it comes to friends and family, and I think that it really depends on the sources that people are listening to. Um, and I don't think – I don't necessarily think that all the sources are right or wrong. I think that some of them are definitely biased or um, not corrupted, but, it, you know, it really depends on the spin they're putting on things. But, you know, outside of that, I, I just think that it really depends on the viewpoints because not everything just fact or fiction is. You know, a lot of it's convoluted. 
depending on how clearly you can look at things without letting bias or the views of others impact that, I, I think that can definitely um, make things a lot more messy when, you're, when, when we're having these debates. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so, just, oh, go ahead. Oh, I mean, well, I... I agree with what David said a bit ago about uh, Trump being partially responsible for this, and also, but also Clinton being partially responsible for this. But I would like to add, I think this is the first election because we have them every four years, and now we're, you know, with the Internet age, things are moving so fast where we are the most connected we have ever been because of the Internet, where the Internet has so many outlets for voices and so many outlets for people to form groups and also to like, interact between groups because before this, I mean, Obama did had a really great internet grassroots game in 2008, and not really so much in 2012, but definitely 2008. But I think both sides in this one have mobilized the internet and internet hate groups and internet, you know, corrector. I would classify correct the record and David Brock as not a hate group per se, but you know, brushing up on that line pretty quickly, and. Like, they've mobilized trolls to just basically infiltrate every community and stir up the pot. I think a lot of the reasons why people are – I think a lot of the anger and vitriol and tiredness that, that this election has caused mm-hmm. has been due to the infiltration of political – you know, let's just say apolitical area of the Internet. You know, people's Facebook page, people's, you know, group based on some esoteric thing, whether it be, uh, you know – episode of Firefly or Star Trek being infiltrated by political propaganda or propagandists or political ads or some kind of just both campaigns have been so negative and it's not negative about the other candidate just negative about the state of uh, the election itself it's, it's the end of the world as we know it and people can only live on the cliff on the you know precipice of the cliff for so long before they just before it becomes the new normal and we are no longer mobile. We're no longer being like, – it's, it's just tiring now. Like, the end of the world rhetoric is tiring. I can't believe America's like, – I think the big – if one emotion has dictated this entire election, if the 2008 election was mobilized by fear or categorized by – sorry, uh, uh, embodied by the message of hope as the main, the main emotion, it, this election has been fear. Like, this election has been the scarecrow – I, you know, Batman villain, Scarecrow-esque fear election. Everyone is supposed to be afraid. If you're not afraid, you should be. If you're not afraid, oh my, like you're stupid. Like it's, 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 like it. We have finally gotten, in my opinion, to the. We 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 finally this election that we stripped away all of the you know the false rhetoric that has been going on for the past twenty thirty years about hope and change and all of these sort of liberal ideal to masculine policies, possibly we, we now can see what both the right and the left in America has been peddling in for the past 25 years, and that's fear. Everyone, like, whether it be fear of minorities or fear of, like, everyone is afraid, everyone should be afraid, like, everyone should be making decisions based on fear. And it, it, I, it's, it's sad, because I think a lot of people, whatever happened to American exceptionalism, whatever happened to mm-hmm. that, it turns out American exceptionalism is really American insecurity. Right. Agree. Agree. So just like I said, thinking about this election cycle, thinking about all the different work and our own interests, you know, in independent media, this is a conversation, this is a question I actually had earlier um, when I was talking with Cesar Vargas. Someone was asking me about kind of WikiLeaks and just what I think about the implications are for, um, you know, liberal mainstream media and now this growth, this outgrowth of, because there are actually quite a few people who have been doing this for quite some time, longer than all of us, but, but it really just seems to be a synergy around um, citizen journalism, independent, progressive media, political commentary, the type of work we've all been doing. So so what do we think has – like when we basically we see the revelations of WikiLeaks, I mean, we, 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 we had this sense that there was some type of collaboration or collusion or at least some type of conversations happening behind the scenes or off the record. But to actually see it unfold in the emails, um, it's, it's, it's wild, right? Because one, it confirms what we believe to be true. And then, two, it shows that even some of our favorites, you know, from, from media, because I know, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I know, like, with Rachel Maddow, 
I've been like, oh, my God, Rachel Maddow, blah, 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 blah. I mean, Anderson Cooper is another person that I've, I've been very fond of over the years. And through this whole election cycle, I've been, like, absolutely dismayed, but I've found reassurance in new voices, right? Like all the people I'm talking to right now, like, you know, we have the Tim Blacks and Real Progressives and other groups out there. Um, we, we, we have, uh, you know, Secular Talk and, you know, the Humanist Report. There's so many, there's so many people right out there doing this work but with our grouping so what do you all think about the revelations from WikiLeaks and maybe how that shapes or provides greater you know a, a larger arena maybe for us to all participate in um I don't have like too many thoughts about like the it, it the WikiLeaks thing pretty much did confirm everything that we suspected it didn't surprise mm-hmm. me not very much of it surprised me. My search for progressive, like more progressive voices, began with did not begin with like WikiLeaks. It began with Bernie and getting involved mm-hmm. with uh, getting more involved with because I was a I was a super volunteer. I volunteered at the convention. Well, we tried to volunteer at the convention, but I didn't work out so well. <laughs> but um, that was. You know, that my main is like, I need to hear more people speak about things that are real, you know, and things that are affecting my community and um, things that are affecting every community. So, and that's how I found uh, Humorous Report, Secular Talk, Benjamin Dixon, Way with Anoa, and of course, Progressive Army. <laughs> right. Just Hi, I think we just had someone else come in and join us. Hi. What's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> well, it is always a joy when when, when when something I'm doing for the way with Vanilla is graced with the presence of Vince Ben Dixon himself. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing, what do you mean? It's an honor to be able to come on your show and hang out with you. Doing your thing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Go ahead, there. So basically, we just chopping it up. I don't know how much you heard of the question I asked everyone, but basically, we were just talking about how I got asked a question earlier when I was talking with Cesar about, you know, with the revelation of WikiLeaks and what do I think the implications are for liberal media going forward and independent progressive media outlets like ours that are developing and really finding their niche. And and I agree with Jamie that you're right. Like I found I found Ben. I found Progressive Army. You know, because I was looking for other people who could see through the bullshit, basically, right? Like, like I was getting frustrated with what I knew in my gut was not true, but nobody was reporting it on TV. And um, and so this has been cathartic in many ways. And, and, and WikiLeaks is just, like we just talked about, WikiLeaks just confirmed, you know, kind of what we knew was already going on. I think it, it, it makes it more... It increases our imperative, like right? it makes it more important for us to continue doing what we have been doing because we clearly are not going to get it, you know, anywhere else. So I mean, we got to be the ones to do it. Well, right, I mean, right. yeah. Go, whoever the, oh, well, uh, I didn't hear the. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, can I make two points? I, I, I'm still, I'm, I'm still wondering how because we do, as being part of Progressive Army, live in kind of a bubble. And we've been sharing these email we've leaked back and back and forth, you know, between us and between people like Tim Black and us and between other sort of bastions of, you know, I would say the new, new media. Because there's the new, I would consider places like HuffPo and the Daily Beast and Salon as the old new media who, you know, who mm-hmm. have proven themselves to not be as uh, liberal or progressive as I think many of us once thought they were a few years before this election took place. And I'll address that in you know, a second. But... I wonder outside of our bubble, like how much of an impact did these WikiLeaks actually have on people? I, 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 I'm, I'm not so sure that they were so groundbreaking for the rank and file of society. And I think that's one of the things that I found to be the most uh, surprising about the leaks. I suppose leaks themselves, because the leaks are full of crimes, like actual literal crimes, like actual literal, uh, you know, election, like say, like was uh, violations of. Uh, uh, election financing laws, stuff like that, at least, mm-hmm. at least implied violence. And I don't think most people actually care. I think we care a lot. And I think, you know, obviously it's our job to try to make people care. 
but uh, I don't think I don't think most everyday Americans care. Because I think most of our, I think the the media establishment and the political establishment has done their job of making most Americans just tired of politics. That's one thing I hear all like I'm just tired of politics. And so by politicizing every issue, even crimes become somehow unimportant because once something is politicized you can just tune it you can like you can literally just create it you can create it either it becomes uh you know there is no right answer here you know because like, mm-hmm. politics are so personal or it becomes something that people just immediately tune out of and for just as my second point going to the progressive army and you know people like rachel maddow and anderson cooper and et cetera, et cetera I've never really trusted people like that. And from my perspective, the reason why is because I know in my heart that your ideology is shaped by your upbringing. And Uh no matter what you say to me, no matter, like, if you're telling me you're a rich, white, progressive, Uh like, you're a rich, white, liberal, you know, whether you be female or male or black or whatever, or, like, or gay, in my head, in my head, all I hear is rich. And, like, I, I, I know that wealth has insulated you from so many problems and I'm and I'm just waiting for you to sort of you know to adopt that that air of privilege adopt that air of like smug elitism and you know reveal yourself to actually be what you are which is just either an elitist or if it comes to, uh, and I'll be honest for a lot of if we've seen what a lot of we and I know you talked about this with Cesar Vargas and I'm going to stop talking after I make this one point but that's what we've seen a lot of from rich white rich white uh, establishment women, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, females, is a version of feminism that is almost indistinguishable from white supremacy. And with what I would classify as all-inclusive white supremacy, as long as you're rich and you're white, you should be given anything you want. And if you're not rich or white, uh, well, it is what it is. And I think that's like, that's really been, one of the like the main defining characteristics of this this election, like Hillary Clinton's feminism, is so problematic for ninety percent of women. But simply by adopting that, I'm not a white male sort of lingo or I guess identity, she's gotten away with so much. I'm going to stop talking. I, I could talk about that forever. Uh, that was Brandon, right? That was Brandon. Okay, Brandon. I mean, I. You, your your voice sounds so much deeper on the phone. Versus <laughs> on the web, I almost didn't recognize you. Um, so, so a couple of things I want to tie back in some of what Brandon was saying to what I know of the question she posed to me, um, and then I'll, I want to ask a question at the end of, of Brandon and, and everyone. Um, so you know the entire concept of progressive army is the connection, right? The connections between like-minded people and not always like-minded, like, because we're going to disagree uh, on this call in a few minutes. But we agree on so many things, um, and the main thing that we agree on, is, which is more important than anything else, is that there is a voice uh, that was not being heard. There was a message that wasn't being heard, and that message was um, the Democratic Party slash uh, liberal media slash what they thought was progressive media um, is not representing the very diverse uh, coalition that uh, used to be unified underneath the Democratic Party uh, and can no longer be so easily unified, if unified at all, right? Um, and then it goes right to the heart of what Brandon was saying, um, the, the easily co-opted um, intersectionality or the easily co-opted identity politics and the ability to use that and say, hey, we're black, so we, we speak for – Everything that matters, right? Everything that matters. The we have this rich, elitist black woman on uh, MSNBC, so surely she speaks for all black people. I mean, never mind. Twenty-eight percent of black people are living in poverty. We have this black woman on MSNBC who says that everything is pretty good for her friends. So that, that mm-hmm. co-opting, the co-opting of uh, and the erasure, man, the, the complete and total erasure of people who are struggling. Right, people are struggling financially, and people who are struggling uh, globally. Right, not only financially, but just struggling to survive, living underneath uh, the, the various wars that America is involved with, and wars that are existing even outside of our purview. Uh, so there was a big gaping hole that no one was speaking to, and um, and man, we just went in and filled in that gap as much as we could with the reach that we have. 
Um, and, and, and the biggest thing is the community, right? So we don't have, I, like, nobody who's rolling with me is making money off of their media show, like, talking about, right? We, we are out here hustling. You know, I got a little Patreon account, and some people say, oh, Ben, you're making like, you know, no, that, that money covers the bills. I go to work every single day. Like, I mean, everybody on this phone call who puts in any time for Progressive Army, they wake up in the morning, they go to, you know, their corporate jobs, and then they get off, and then they come and slave for Progressive Army and for their individual shows. And that shows you the, um, the passion and the commitment that we have in this new, new media, right? We don't really care. I mean, it would be cool if all of us could live just doing our media, right? But I don't think any of us are going to stop if we don't start making, like, $60,000 a year doing media only, right? I think all of us are going to keep going because we probably make more money in our personal jobs than we could make in this media game for a very long time. So we're committed. We're, we're committed beyond financial gain um, and I think that is what's most confusing to people I have people every single day say who's funding you who's funding you where are you making your money I make my money by going to work right I'll go to work and then I come and do this media thing and I do the media thing because I'm passionate about it and lo and behold they're like there's there's a Noah there's David there's Brandon there's Nick there's uh, Michael, there's Michael, there's Patrick, there's all these people, there's Jamie, there's, and I know, I, uh, Salam, there's all these people who are working hard at their jobs, and then they're coming to sacrifice to do this media, and if I forgot, I know I forgot people, so forgive me, but the point is this, we're committed beyond financial gain, therefore, we are not beholden to anyone who thinks that they can control people through financial gain, like, we don't need your money. We don't really want your money because we know what it means, right, for us to take it. And if we were to take your money, you're going to fire us really soon when you realize we can't be bought out. So we're free more agents. We are filling a niche that a niche that um, that was gaping. And we're hellions, man. We're like we're 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 rebels. We're goonies. We're like we come through and we'll tear your shit up because we know we're going to say what we have to say, and we don't give a damn because you're not paying our bills. So we have a freedom and autonomy. And we're coming through, we're kicking ass, and I think there's a market for it. And uh, the, only, the only thing that we have to be mindful of is as we grow and do become successful is that we don't sell our souls like HuffPost, like Daily Coast, like everyone else we saw who sold their uh, – they're, they're, they're no longer true to themselves. That's all I would say, right? I, they, they can totally agree with Hillary Clinton, but you can't – Clinton – and lie and, and not be true to your journalistic integrity and, to me, be uh, true to yourself. At that point, you, you, you're no longer true to yourself, and you sacrifice what got you there in order to be a part of the establishment. Um, so that I, I'll, I'll take a pause there, but I do want to uh, pose this question at the end. Um, back to WikiLeaks. Um, I dig WikiLeaks some, and I have a lot of beef with them in some regards. Um, I think this um, – I think – there well i want to ask this question what actual crime were you referring to brandon because i'm like um i see a lot of stuff in wiki that is that is um inner workings of corrupt poli politicians and and when i say corrupt i mean politics is corrupt by nature right if you get the inner machinations of any political party it's going to look just just like we saw with the democratic party uh but I'm not privy to any actual crime, so I'm not saying they're not there. I'm just saying uh, maybe you should send me an email because I don't want to take over the whole call talking about that. But um, uh, I wasn't aware of actual crimes that could be charged. Oh, well, well I was referring to, and I could, I could, in fact, be wrong, but this is what I am aware of. And I, obviously I'm not an expert on campaign finance law. But from what I remember as being one of the issues people saying were not particularly well covered was that there was evidence of some collusion between Clinton and super PACs within the WikiLeaks, uh, that there was evidence of collusion that, if not directly illegal, brushed up against legality. Uh, but I, I will withdraw the statement that it was inherently legal. Obviously, there were some issues with the DNC, which they are being sued for right now. They are currently, is currently a civil lawsuit against the DNC for filing their own charter, but that's less, you know, criminal right. law and more civil law. But from what I recall, 
and I don't have the information in front of me right now, so I'm, I, I will pull back and say it may not be illegal, but definitely immoral, was that there was there, there appeared to be evidence of some collusion between uh, Clinton and Superpacs. That is not. Yeah, so, that was, so that email, um, I, I, I can help you out with that one because that's the, that's the email that Nir Tandon actually came out looking reasonable. Yeah. I, I honestly might have to take some of my criticisms of Nir Tandon back uh, besides the fact that she's a scumbag and she'll always forever be a scumbag. But I'll take some of my criticisms back because she actually was the voice of reason in that circle. And she did point out, she pointed out in the email to John Podesta that, you know, even this, you know, the fact that Hillary is skirting the edges of collusion with the super PAC uh, is problematic. So she did put that out there that even at, at, at best it was a, uh, it was the appearance of collusion. So um, it does that cross the threshold of a crime? I, well, well, no, I don't think so. I mean, because if it did, you know, there's somebody out there who would find a way to get those charges or bring it up uh, as a legal matter. But uh, I think that might be the one of the emails that you're referring to. But that's my spill, folks. Uh, I'm here to talk with you, so uh, I'll pass it back to um, Madam uh, uh, Noah. Thank can you. I jump in, Noah? Yeah, go ahead. Jump in. Go ahead. So I would just add, as far as WikiLeaks, a couple of things. But first, with WikiLeaks, to Brandon's point about how much people have um, been impacted by it or, or, or reacted to it or the lack thereof um, for the general public, I, I would question how many people are hearing about it. Um, I, I do definitely think there's this frustration, and it's existed for a long time, but it's at its most extreme now. Um, at least most extreme in decades. Um, the frustration that Brandon was describing of basically being sick of everything and just resulting in the further disengagement of people. Um, so that's definitely there where people are like, yeah, it's bad and yeah, it's wrong, but it's never going to change, so I don't care. It's not affecting it's, it's, it's affecting us, but you know, there's nothing we can do. People just feel helpless, and so they just disconnect and stop caring. That's definitely there, but I would also argue that mainstream media, where still the majority of people, you know, it's, ha it's less and less, but it's, it's currently the majority still get their news or their information from mainstream, whether it be online or on television, um, and even radio, and, you know, to, to some very small degree still. Um, and so I would argue that it hasn't been getting coverage from the mainstream. Um, you know, there, there's been a few stories here and there that they pick up that they'll they'll give coverage to for, you know, a day maybe. But outside of that, I don't think WikiLeaks has been getting sufficient coverage that journalism would normally accord. personal for some people too yeah 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 like you know then the two uh snowden was like i i don't want to uh oversaturate i want to bring attention to the thing that matters most right um instead of just letting people pick through everything and then everything becomes a controversy and when everything becomes a controversy nothing is a controversy and then three 
this is the thing that really got me the most. Snowden said that he didn't feel that it was for him to try to burn the whole system down. He wanted to bring attention to the issue that America need, the world needed to know about, but he wasn't interested or thought big enough of himself to try to bring the whole system down. And, to, you know, me, y'all know me. Like, my thing is this. I always look at the personal character of a person, and I feel that Assange has a, 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 is a megalomaniac, and he feels important enough to bring the whole system down. So for me, I, I opt on the side of the Snowden model, whereas we're going to hack, we're going to leak, and we're going to leak the relevant information to people because, one, we want to protect people. Two, we want to make sure we have the most impact. So my thing with WikiLeaks is they play themselves because they have so much information out there that so many people are out there trying to be detectives and bringing attention to stuff that's completely irrelevant that we can't even focus on the things that are significant. Like the Donna Brazil email, that was mm -hmm. that was front and center, and things of that nature and above. That should have been the threshold, not what people were getting for dinner or people who's emotional, you know, people who are going through a struggle. So that's my take. And, and see, this right. is where everyone in Progressive Army sees differently, and, 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 that's, and that's the good thing about the Progressive Army, that we can't disagree, even though we agree on life. Uh, that's just my personal take. So okay. that's what I'm kind of wondering, and then I'll pass it back to Noah, who's you know, it's actually so. I wanted to do this. I just want to say I wanted to do this because I just wanted us to all to come together and talk because we we we, we talk in you know our different chat threads to plan, but very rarely do all of us just to get to sit around or, or several of us get to sit around and just talk. So um, I think folks will find this interesting hearing what we think you know unscripted. Not that any of our stuff <laughs> is scripted, but like this is just off the dome. Us having the conversation as peers. So go ahead. Yeah, no, it's not a program per se. It's just you know. Us. Uh, uh Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what I would say, I definitely agree with Ben as far as the saturation. What, what one thing that's lost in, um, that, what, that that you know the focus of it is lost is that. So Snowden was a whistleblower with a specific purpose um, of showing, you know what the government, what the United States government was doing wrong, what the NSA was doing outside of its actual assigned powers, um, and then various other laws being broken. But with WikiLeaks, there, what, what, what I guess is being lost in sight is that their purpose in general is just to have transparent, you know, give the knowledge to all. Um, as far as my understanding of their their purpose, and I'm not really articulating it well, but their their entire purpose, maybe in this in this dumping, in this hack, and and, and leak of of Podesta's email, it may have been specifically toward you know sh showing what the Democratic Party, what Hillary Clinton's campaign was doing. But in general, and I think it's more reflective if you look at their site and, you know, how basically anything they ever do is all there for, for, for the searching. Um, it's basically just here it is, you know, do with, do with it what you will. Um, so I, I think there's, I think there's a difference between, in that comparison between Snowden and WikiLeaks, and a lot of people are, are, are doing that, and I think that, you know, that, that's one point that's missed in that regard. But they definitely, if they were trying to bring attention to something specific, that they definitely, they just screwed up. They, you know, they, they, <laughs> mission failed. Um, one other thing, yeah, go ahead and then I'll, I'll No, no, it's okay, no, finish up, finish up. Well, I was just going to say that they're in Progressive Army, um, the, the, the other question that we were discussing. Um, I definitely agree with Ben's point that it's brought, what we've done is brought, you know, a very diverse um, amount of views, most of which do fall within the, uh, the, you know, progressive definition in some way, shape, or form. Um, I would question, I, I, one thing that I've wondered is, whether we would have, you know, we, we have a, you know, our audience is still relatively small, but it, you know, it, it, it's there. And I wonder if the messages that groups like us and, and us are in ourselves, whether we would have, um, caught, you know, caught as much speed as we have, um, thus far. 
without the likes of Bernie Sanders or, or Jill Stein, et cetera. Obviously, the hunger was there for the information. Other, uh, otherwise, you know, people wouldn't be listening and interacting with us the way they are. Um, I just wonder if it would have taken us longer without without the likes of you know the the the, um, the organizations and the and the, uh, the the movements but outside of that I, I I second what Ben said you know we're, we're not making any money for any of those conspiracy theorists that say you know Hillary's paying us or whoever whatever um, there's no money we're, we're you know I, I I do this because I care about it I do it because I think that if we don't do it no one else is going to do it and so I think that, you know, if, if we want some change, if we want something to happen, you know, we're not just, you know, people, you know, writing and, and, and talking on radio shows. We actually have, you know, activists and politicians. I think Eric Miller from, from Project Sanity's end of PA, um, you know, he, he's right now running for office. So yeah. uh, we, we have a very, you know, we have a very wide range of what we're doing, but, um, we're doing it because, you know, we believe in it. Yeah, I can definitely yeah. confirm the no money thing. I'm living in public housing <laughs> right now, and I'm I'm on disability. I have um, chronic severe mental illness. And the, the, the fact that Progressive Army has taken me in and given me a voice really, um, the, you know, the voice that I already have and has been able mm -hmm. to amplify it, a little it's been it's been a great experience and i i'm very appreciative and i i i love all you guys everybody's great we love you too well we love yes i was gonna say like i think it's just been so great and how this this this, this and, and again for those listening this is just a, a portion right a small a, a portion probably about a good half of them are more active member team you know, internally that, that works behind the scenes, not just with helping to do research for our different shows that we have, um, content that we produce through the Benjamin Dixon channel, but also, you know, we have our blog, progressivearmy.com, which is getting ready to be, we're going to relaunch. So, so there's this whole network of information, that, but, but this is not, and we're not, and this is not a plug like, oh my God, support us because we're all broke or whatever, but really, because <laughs> we really do Actually. have, Actually, <laughs> okay. I mean, because you know, yeah, I mean, I work, I'm right there with her, you know, Ben talking about working and then the kids and and Ben travels because, you know, folks want to crack on my uh, my quality versus Ben's quality. Ben travels and has more money in his Patreon account to rent space, right? And, and I, but, but, but we all do what we do and we, we're trying to, to, to bring content. Like we said, like you guys pointed out, the Wikileaks stuff wasn't really covered. The Donna Brazier stuff kind of was, but the Wikileaks stuff really wasn't covered. So outside of, you know, a bubble or outside of our circle of more independent, progressive-leaning folks, people weren't really talking about it because even my own dad, he started talking to me about the Russians. I said, let me send you our editorial. We wrote on that. We researched it. We debunked that. That's not that's not accurate, Dad. But I do find that we, we, we I agree, David. I don't, I think that Bernie Sanders and this kind of grassroots uprising that has happened gave us an, an opportunity along with several other folks to kind of maybe push ourselves a little bit further along. And I think that we've been, a, I really think that we've been more conservative in our growth because we do care so much about the accuracy and the quality of what we're doing. Because Ben could very easily, you know, have certain followings like other people. There's one person I'm thinking of in particular who I cannot stand who actually has information that they put out because they're in such a rush to put out something that's so critical and, 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 and seeming like there's some, you know, some, 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 some leader, you know, of the rebel forces, but it's not always accurate, right? I mean, but, you know, for you guys on the line who, who help do the research, what you do is so valuable because you make sure that it, for those of us who get on air at any given moment, we're giving out to the best of our ability factually correct information, right, um, that, that, that we're connecting people. And, and if we don't, and I said, I remarked this when I was talking to someone earlier, if, we're not, if, if we mess up on the facts, as soon as it's brought to our attention, we try to correct it. There are other people who do not do that, and they will just focus on riling people up and feeding off of the angst and frustration. And I really feel like all of us collectively tried to build out, yes, we want a space for people to talk and discuss, 
but we also want to have a space where we're pushing the conversation there and getting people to think, getting people to look strategically at the issues so that we can actually work towards something and not just, you know, building our coffers, right? And so I think, I mean, so I, we're growing, and it's great, but I think the quality that we're building even within our discussion group, I think the quality of what we're doing, what we're building, is, is more valuable than, than anything else going on right now. Go ahead. Jump in. Sorry. Right. Go ahead, Ben. You you took the words out of my mouth. I just want to add one more thing. As progressive as – and no, let me, let me not even start it that way. We are progressive, but the main reason we ended up progressive is because we're holding ourselves to a certain set – of beliefs mm-hmm. that after we evaluate the world based on our beliefs, based on our standards, it pushes us to the left. There are some people mm-hmm. who claim to be progressive, who claim to be the left, who are not really holding on to those same types of beliefs. That same, The belief system I'm talking about is really critical analysis, being true to the facts, being logical, and not being opportunistic in the sense where we will sacrifice legitimacy and accuracy and logic for the sake of clicks. There is a very large and profitable and fast-growing contingency that claims to be to the left of us, but they're not for real. They are simply just hyper-sensationalists. They are uh, mm-hmm. there to on the emotions of people who have been hurt in this primary people. So they are the ones who are going to tell you that um, that this uh, – they're the ones who are going to talk about the spirit blood thing. Right, they're the ones who are gonna go. Oh well, I don't even know if it's spirit cooking or whatever. You know, I don't even know. The <laughs> I still have not got a good good explanation of what that even is. I try to watch a video and look it up, and I'm like, this is like freaking me out. I don't even want to know. Like, I don't it's even so, want to know. Y'all can have I, I chose, that. I chose not to focus on that. Like, maybe that makes me maybe that makes me a bad a bad media person. But same with the James. No, I, I don't think. I, I, don't, make, I don't think everybody everybody don't need to know everything. <laughs> And I don't need to know about spirit cooking. <laughs> Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, let's let Ben finish. There's some, there's some, no, I'm going to talk about you guys because I've said enough, but there are some things in my personal, personal life that I don't need anyone else to know. It doesn't make me less progressive. It just means that there's a certain level of shit that you just don't need to know about Ben Dixon. And I would mm-hmm. think about John Podesta and, and <laughs> Now, the thresholds are different because they're in public office, but I digress. The point is this. There is <laughs> who swear they are the queen dingaling of progressivism. And, and all they really are, queen and kings, all they really are are sensationalists who are hurt, who are undermining. They are undermining the legitimacy of our critiques by engaging mm-hmm. in all of this, this tinfoil hat shenanigans. And, and WikiLeaks has really added fuel to that fire. Um, mm-hmm. One of my, um, one of the people who um, uh, from, used to be with Vox, but he left, I believe, uh, his name is Emmett Ransom on Twitter. He said it best. He said the most revealing thing in the WikiLeaks was not any level of corruption that we were not already aware of. It was the mm-hmm. level to which media people grovel at the feet of this political machine. That's the difference, right? There's a threefold difference there. There's a difference between um, the media, like look at the Progressive Army. We're not going to bow down to anybody's feet. That's number one. Number two, there's a rational way to look at these emails, and then there's an irrational way. And the rational way is um, that this is revealing. The irrational way is, oh, that's a crime. Oh, that's oh, that's that's devil worship. Oh, this is oh, this is unseen. This is unprecedented. This is a shame. What's wrong with America? Nothing's wrong with America. The only thing that's wrong with America is <laughs> and, and take some Xanax and chill and chill. And don't well, you said that on the show the other night. <laughs> I'm like, but there I'm is like, this hyper angst. There's the hyper angst right now, especially with the left. Right, guys, I, I hadn't I had talked all day long, as you can tell. Let me hush. Let me turn it back to y'all. Uh, Brandon, Brandon. Well, I think we know we're trying to get something out of you. Wow. Isaiah Washington is wilding out on Twitter. I'm sorry to interrupt everybody. Isaiah Washington, who, you know, by the grace of the CW gods, came back into the fold on the 100, one of my favorite shows. But he just he just called out Bernie Sanders for shilling for Hillary. <laughs> and I was like, oh, bro, where you been at? 
<laughs> this is why I don't well, like celebrity endorsements. But go ahead, you guys. Well, I mean, okay, so I want to make a couple points. The first is that there was to go uh, jump off the WikiLeaks thing and the like this Podesta. At a certain point, I would not classify what WikiLeaks did as journalism like, at all because journalism requires context, research, all, you know, it's a presentation of information. The the way these documents were leaked uh, at the end was counterproductive. It ended up occluding the information. The same way if I were assigning, a, you know, a class uh, some reading, I would not assign them a thousand pages of reading expecting them to be able to you know, pick out the amount of information that they, like, you know, the relevant information that are reading because at a certain point, just the amount you're giving out, for some people, it makes it seem as though all this corruption is going on. And I think that was largely the point. I, I don't agree this was some kind of, you know, let's just dump it all because that's transparency because, like, I don't, that's that's just fake transparency in my opinion. That's, that's, a, that's a very, very lazy form of transparency when it would be much easier to, you know, take the, let's be honest, 100 emails that really mattered and dump those. And then when people ask about the other emails, it could, you could have just said, well, they weren't important. It's like they, they, they didn't provide any, you know, they just dumped the chains, the email chains, obviously, the sort of everything that was relevant for each of the email chain. But at a certain point, the amount, like I read what Ben said, the amount of emails that were dumped occluded the relevant information and made it very easy for those who were not interested already to tune out and for those who were just waiting for a scandal to blow everything out of proportion. And then for us who are sort of in the middle, maybe not in the middle of the political spectrum, but in the middle of either completely reactionary, completely apathetic, to have to actually sift through tens of thousands of emails to find things that are relevant. And just that, like that is a, that's a chore in and of itself. I was also turned off by the way Assange behaved during the primary. And maybe it's just me, but like the way every every week where it was, oh, you know, I'm going to release something in two days, like you know, like that's going to blow Clinton out the water. It's like no, like okay, then do it. Just like either either you're the world the world's best hype man, or maybe the world's worst hype man, or you know, or you you're vastly overestimating what you have, or the you know the threshold for what it takes to disqualify someone from the presidency in the United States of America. As far as, you know, being progressive goes, I mean, maybe it's just me, but those, like, those kinds of words, progressive, left, conservative, they're absolutely meaningless within the context of our, of our political, of any political system. Because, like I, like I hinted to before, if someone tell, like, if, if, if there's one lesson that should be taken from this electoral cycle, it should be when someone tells you what their ideology is, you should make them explain what that means for their prescription of the world. Like, it's great that you're a feminist. What does that mean for your position on the minimum wage? What does that mean for your position on welfare? What does that mean for your position on all of these problems that are not so directly related to you but are obviously directly related to feminism? Same with being a Democrat. Same with being on the quote-unquote left. Same with being a Republican. Because at the end of the day, I'm, you know, one of the big tricks of neoliberalism as we all know, is the adoption of leftist rhetoric to disguise very, very virulent, very, very negative policies. And a lot of people are just very easily assuaged by someone telling them that they're on their quote-unquote team, regardless of what that team is, without ever having to, you know, actually put what that means to them for what the world should look like into, you know, into words. Too many people have been able to slide through for too long by simply saying, well, I'm a Democrat or I'm progressive or I'm liberal or I'm on the left. And I'm like, that's great, but you have a va- you most likely have a vastly different uh, definition of that word than I have. So I need you to actually explain what your position is on some of these key, these key issues that I find to be most pressing because if you don't match mine, then I don't care what you call yourself I, I, because simply we just don't, we don't agree. And so, like, can't we all be on the same team? It's like, no. Like, that's one of the things that I've said from the very beginning. I'm not interested in the left re-coming together again. I'm not, I'm not interested in us all being with her. I'm not interested in in any kind of n- new left party versus a new right party or, like, a re- – sorry, what's the, I think of the word? A reconfiguring or a realignment, rather, of the two-party system because here's the, here's the secret. Once you get – a two-party, like people's political ideology, people's social prescriptions for the world are so vastly complex that it's impossible for 
two proto-political parties to have any coherent ideology that is simply that doesn't simply boil down to I'm not them. Because at the end of the day, just looking at the left, there you know on the left you have you have anarchists, you have socialists, you have all these things that have that that have such vastly different prescriptions for the world that you that like we need to break up. Like we like we need to be able to politely you know we need to come together on issues we can come together to come together on rather and disagree cogently on issues that we can't come together on and stop pretend and stop playing house. It's like I'm not interested in a new Democratic Party at all. That is when people tell me like, oh, Hillary Clinton is the incremental president. I think they're crazy for a lot of reasons. But one of the things I think they're crazy for is because you're assuming that we 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 are we're all working towards the same goal. Uh, yeah. Whatever goal you get, whatever new left project people think Clinton's working towards, whatever is is not my project. My project, first and foremost, and I'm a one issue voter in this electoral cycle, is to break up the two party duopoly because I don't think I don't think any good can ever come from it other than two antagonistic, dichotomous political parties that define themselves mm-hmm. by opposition. And and then, sorry to finish that up. And that is way more true about the Democrats than it is about the Republicans because the Republicans, for, for whatever you say about them, they do have a proactive agenda. It's awful. <laughs> like, like, it's awful and frightening and scary, but they do have a proactive agenda. The Democratic Party's agenda is largely uh, reactionary to what the Republican Party is doing. And that is my biggest well, not my biggest issue. That's one of the biggest problems with the two-party system. The Democratic Party has been allowed to slide for so long by simply being like, whatever therefore we're against. We're not going to, we're not going to actually, uh, put that into any real policy prescription, but we're going to tell you, rhetorically, that whatever the Republican Party is for, we are against. And, we, now, now, now we're here, and it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's team sports. It's like, it's, it's not even team sports, because let's be honest, every league has more than two teams. Every like every every league has multiple teams, and and then that's the really I'm sorry. This is one that's one of the few things people think that I've been let down this electoral cycle by so many people who I used to like, and just by so many people who I used to like, and I'm just like they've like just completely disappointed me. And then by either, by either shilling or going crazy, like, like there are so many people who like I'm theoretically with, you know, who because they're anti-Clinton, but they're but they're crazy. It's like they're like they're literally. Like, it's like they're like. I know Ben agrees with me on this one. I hate to put words in his mouth, but like they, but they've gone. No, crazy. I do. <laughs> it's like they and like and they make and they make me look crazy because I'm like, okay, dude, uh, like, okay, it's not going to be in the world. It's not. It's probably not going to be World War Three. It's probably not going to be a nuclear holocaust. It's probably just going to be a lot more dead Middle Easterners, some more war, some you know increased poverty. Maybe we'll get the fifteen dollars minimum wage. Like it's not what I want, but it's not. It's, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. And like, ah. but then, no, like this, like that, like that's a, a famous line from a, a from a, a cable, a cable comic, cable for cable and Deadpool, where cable's about to, uh, you know, is talking about why you can't succumb to fear politics, and you know he makes the statement that you know what everyone's trying to convince us that that if you don't make a, a choice today, the sun won't come up tomorrow. But the truth is that I'm from the future, and the sun always comes up tomorrow. It's all about what kind of world you want that sun to shine on, and. Everyone, like, I feel like everyone except for the progressive army has largely gone crazy. Some people are better at hiding it than others, but, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's, it's sad. Like, you know, it's, like, it's you know hard what? being. Brandon, to that point, like, we're the only ones who have not gone crazy, who have not supported Hillary Clinton. That's the thing. Like, I have some friends at the, I have the majority report, they're not crazy, but they, they go ahead and say, okay, we're going to support Hillary. That's their business. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Pakman, He's not crazy. He's just he's like you know he's been supporting Hillary for a while now, right? So there's some folks who are who are in this new oh, yeah. media era who are who are not crazy, but the progressive army. We are the only ones, in my opinion, who have not gone into La La Land, who have not supported Hillary Clinton. And you know, of course, I extend my family out to uh, Tim Black. Tim Black has always been crazy. That's my nigga. You know, he's always been crazy. So, well, it is so funny in the comments. People are like, "Well, are you trying?" I'm like, "Do y'all not understand? Like, Tim is fam. Tim may do his own thing separate someplace else, but Tim is big bro. That's fam. So, like, y'all need to cut him down, thinking we all got a rivalry or something going on. There's some people we don't like. Tim is not one of them. I'm gonna put this out there because I'm actually. I'm calling. I'm actually. Go ahead. You know, I'm with this guy. I. 
but like the moment I became interested in politics and started really following what right uh, left wing politics, and I guess right wing politics too. Like I like I love Sam Cedar. Like I have like I've been in yeah. love with the Majority Report for like since I was a, a sophomore in college, and I wouldn't say he let me down because like he didn't. Like I I can understand his argument and I, I think it's logical. The only thing I would say about people who, and same thing with the Tom Hartman, same with you know David Peck, all the people who I, I I've been watching religiously for over five years now, is that I can understand their logic, I can understand their rationale, but there are two things that I I just wish that I wasn't hearing from people because I I know it's a lie and I know you can't like, they can't possibly believe it. One that you're going to hold people's feet to the fire. That's not going to